We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Okay, so I've been dealing with understanding this gospel. Today takes us to part six. Part six, we've talked about the message of the gospel. And in the message of the gospel, we began to consider the scope of that gospel. And the first point in that scope was that he was slain from the foundation of the world. You know, and, and then we're going into he was born of a woman in due time. You know, but it's important, it's, it's interesting to see that the entire redemption game plan was, was, was quite a game plan. This is where the more sessions yesterday, we looked at it a bit more. Yeah. And you saw the role that Judas had to play in it and how they could not have been a redemption story without Judas. Yeah. They couldn't. They couldn't have crucified Jesus without the participation of Judas. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't have. They couldn't have crucified him without the participation of Judas. It was expressly involved. It was a pivotal part of the redemption story. Pivotal part. And then you begin to see things that before now you had read in John 6 and you missed. You know, like Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. If anybody eats it, he has eternal life. The ones he has given me, I, I will not lose. And just before Judas went, he calls him and gives him bread. Eternal life. And then Judas goes to go and do what was written of him to do. You know? He he, he says, I'm the bread. That's the whole discourse. The premise. Coming from John 5, where he fed the 5,000. So they show up again and they want bread. Today. They wake up. Where's Jesus? Where's the boat? We can't see the boat. The boats have crossed over. So all of them load up their boats. And they crossed over to go and get... Today, bread. Because yesterday they ate bread. So today we're for bread. And it was just a setup. And he says, I am the bread. Exodus 16 says, I will give you bread from heaven. Psalm 78 confirmed that they ate bread from heaven. Psalm 105 verse 40 confirmed they ate bread from heaven. And Jesus comes in John 6 and he says, Moses, what he gave you was not the bread of heaven. Because your fathers ate it and are dead. I am the bread of heaven. I am the bread of life. Whosoever ate this bread shall have eternal life and shall not die. The difference between you and your fathers. You shall not die. If you eat this bread, you will not die. You have eternal life. And then we fast forward a few chapters later. If I had time, you know. I'll show you that, but it's very deep stuff. Chapter 13, Judas is about to do what he's about to do. Everybody knows he was Judas. Judas even asked at a point himself, and Jesus said, you have, you have said it yourself. So he knew he was acting out the game plan. He comes in the garden. There's two different accounts of the, of the Judas betraying Jesus thing. The one account is that um, he came and Jesus says, Judas came among them, and Jesus says to him, friend. And friend there, the Greek word translated friend is the word partner. So in the crucifixion, in the redemption story, Jesus and Judas were in partnership. Jesus calls him partner. Have, have you come to betray me with a kiss? You have come to do what we agreed you would do. You have come to fulfill the prophecy that was written about you by me. Because he's the father. Yes. Remember? Yes. Isaiah 9.6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. His name shall be called. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father. Who was being prophesied? Jesus. What was his name being called? Everlasting Father. The son called the father. Philip says to him in John, show us the Father, it shall be sufficient for us. He says, have I been with you this long? <laughs> you do not know me. Whoever has seen me, has seen the Father. And then he is referred to as the express image of the Godhead. 
So why are you looking for God? This is God. God invisible, yes. Bodied in Jesus. He's all the Godhead there can ever be. So Jesus is the express image of the Father. So when prophecy was being drafted, was being enacted, who did it? Jesus. He's the Father. So partner, have you come? I wrote this of you. You came to fulfill your assignment. In John 13, he tells Judas, he said, what you will do, do quickly. Time is now. And Judas left to go and do what he knew he needed to do. What Jesus knew he needed to do. But before Judas would leave, Jesus called him and gave him bread. Eternal life. (laughs) Gave him the bread of life. The bread from heaven. Because he said that this bread, later in John 6, is my body. It got to the point where his disciples went, this is a hard saying, John 6, 60. This is a hard saying. Who can, who can understand it? Jesus turns up the heat. The bread is, is my body, given, broken for you. The wine is my, my blood, given for you. If you take off my, my flesh and drink of my blood, you have life. Eternal life. John 6, 6, 6. <laughs> You remember it, right? John 66. John 6, 66. From that moment on, many of his disciples turned their backs on him. They stopped following him. How, how could you say, eat your bread, eat your flesh, drink your blood, and have eternal life? What kind of cannibalism is that? And a few chapters later, a few chapters later, he gives them bread, tells them, this is my body, broken for you. Lifts up the cup. This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. As often as you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And he gives them. What was he inducting them into? Eternal life. The Lord's Supper was symbolic of our eternal salvation. It's not what you eat every Sunday to get a healing. There's no, there's no virtue in your Holy Communion. You don't see anywhere in Scripture, sir, where it says, as you eat Communion, it shall bring you healing. It shall bring you protection from your enemies. It shall bring you uh, breakthrough. Shall give you healing for your body. Scripture never says that. Ever. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of what I did. That's when he says, remembrance of me, what I did, the finished work. So when he enacted the Lord's Supper on that day before Passover, he inducted them into eternal life, including Judas. Now you can ouch all you want, but it's truth. It's in your Bible. He played the part. Let me show you one more part. You know Caiaphas, the high priest? John 11. This, this will be very interesting for somebody. John eleven forty-five. <laughs> John eleven forty-five. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did Believed in him. But some, this is on the premise of Lazarus being raised from the dead before mother of God enters your head. Okay. Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Yeah, he had just proven to them that he was resurrection and he was life. Yeah, okay. So on that premise, but some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. Then the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. High priest. Then one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, watch this, you know nothing at all. 
nor do you consider it that it's expedient for us that one man should die for the people. And not that the whole nation should perish. Somebody is about to kill Jesus and is prophesying. Yes. Yes. 51. Now, this he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he what? That Jesus would die for the nation. And not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Be careful before you demonize somebody that was part of the redemption story. Be careful. These were the guys that were plotting the death of Jesus. He was high priest that year. And they said, this guy, his, his theology is catching on. People are following. People are listening. If we, if we continue like this, Gentiles will overrun us. Why did they say that? Because their idea of a Messiah, I don't want to go into this, their idea of a Messiah was one that would come with a physical kingdom, lead a physical revolt, overthrow the Roman Empire, and enthrone the Jewish kingdom. That's why Jesus disappointed them by telling them, the kingdom that is coming is here, is in you. The physical kingdom is coming, but it wasn't at that time. First of all, we'll be reconciled to the kingdom. We will dominate for the kingdom. Then we will colonize as the kingdom. And then it's complete. Can you see it? So we're in that domination phase. Entering the evening of the dispense, the last evening of these times. Entering into it. So they were disappointed. Ah. So it's on the basis of this that Caiaphas is saying that if this guy continues like this, people will believe that the kingdom has already come and they will lack the will to actually take up arms and fight. And therefore, the Romans will overrun us. We will lose the nation. So Caiaphas comes and says, no, they, if you allow them to do this, they will run us over. He's, he's working signs. He's, he's succeeding. So, should the whole nation die? Or should one man die for the nation? <laughs> should all of us be overrun for foolishness? Or shall we all take this way? Take my slippers. Can we all take the foolishness of the whole nation and put it on one man? Leviticus 16. Aaron, the high priest, should take a bull and sacrifice for himself. Bull. For one man. Atone for himself and his family as high priest. And then he stands a chance to take a goat and atone for the sins of Israel. I mentioned something to you yesterday. Some of you looked at me stunned. And I said, Jesus can can be referred to as the sacrificial lamb or the sacrificial goat. Some of you were shocked because your understanding of goat is bad one on the left and sheep, good one on the right. No, you don't know scripture. You know Sunday school. And there's a difference between word rightly divided and Sunday school. Because in Leviticus, you find, first of all, from Exodus 12, which is where the whole atonement sacrifice kicks in. You see where God tells them at Passover when they had, the firstborn was about to be killed in, in Egypt. Yeah? Hello? God tells them, take a lamb. You know what? A young one from that family, whether it's sheep or goat. Exodus 12. I'm already teaching. Exodus 12, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the 10th of this month, mark that date, 10th, 10th of the month, right? Every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. Watch. According to each man's need, you shall make your account for the lamb. Verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, 
you may take it. So, it could have been a lamb, could have been a goat. It just had to be without blemish. Leviticus 16 now lets us see that Jesus was not just one goat, he was two. So, I wrote in my notes this afternoon that Jesus is our two-in-one, one-off sacrifice. He is our two-in-one, one-off sacrifice. Leviticus 16. (laughs) Oh my God. Are you there? Leviticus 16, verse 6. Aaron shall... Are you there? Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself and make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat which the Lord fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and to let it go as a scapegoat into the wilderness. Aaron shall bring the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself. Then he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, which is hands full of sweet incense, beating fire, and bring it inside the veil. Let's skip to verse 15. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which was blameless which is for the people, bring its blood inside the veil. Do with that blood as he did with the bull of the bull. That sprinkle it. Yeah? Skip to verse 21. No, 20. 20. And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat. Confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabitable land and it shall release the goat in the wilderness. Wilderness is a place where there is no life. Wilderness is synonymous with death. John 11. Let's go back to where we came from. Caiaphas. Now, do you consider, verse 50, that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish? Now, this he did not say on his own authority, But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. So we see one man being readied, howbeit by evil means, to carry the sins of the whole nation. The scapegoat. If we don't kill him, we all would die. Rather than all of us die, let's single him out and kill him. Even though he's innocent. Mm. We all know he's innocent, but somebody has to die. So rather than all of, what did he go to do to carry the sins of all of Israel? For he made him who knew no sin become sin that we who wear sin will become his righteousness in God he did not sin 
to become sin. Just as the goats in Leviticus 16 did not commit any wrong to heap or to be heaped on with all the sin of Israel. Is anybody following this? But somebody had to die. So we take a live goat for sacrifice without blemish. We take another goat and heap on that goat the entire sin. And the sin goes out into death, outer darkness. Takes the sin away. As far as the east is from the west. So have I removed your transgressions from you? The goat went into outer darkness, into the wilderness, never to be seen again. As the goat went with the sin, never to be seen, never to be recovered, never to be recorded. The goat took it. In John, John says, okay, in the gospel of John, John the Baptist says, you got it now? You understand? So in the, in, the, in the gospel according to John, the beloved, John the Baptist says in chapter 1, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away as that goat in Leviticus 16 took away the sins. Did anybody get it? Two in one sacrifice. The perfect sacrifice that was killed and the scapegoat sacrifice that took away the sin. Ah, uh, do you understand it? Perfect sacrifice. Now, if you study Leviticus carefully, you will see in chapter 1 that when they were going to give an offering of a goat or lamb, the same thing is written in chapter 1, they bring it to the door of the tent of meeting to be inspected. Yeah, they inspect the goat, inspect the lamb, and then kill it. You see in Exodus 12, I'm going ahead of myself. You see in Exodus 12 where they picked the goat or lamb that was going to be killed on the 10th of the month. And they kept it and observed it and inspected it for four days. How many days? Four days. On the fifth day, which was Passover, they killed it. Jesus walks into Jerusalem. As a Passover lamb on the 10th day of the month. If you check the timeline of Jesus leading up to being slain at Passover, it was the same four day period. They inspected him, they questioned him, they challenged him. The same way the goat in Exodus 12 is inspected for four days, examined. You couldn't just pick a goat and kill it for sacrifice because it could be that the goat had a rash that had not been visible. So they observed it for four days to be sure it was clean. To be sure it checked out. To be sure it was an acceptable sacrifice. They examined the goat, take up the hoof, check it, check the skin, check the wool. Jesus drives in and they're checking him. Don't forget the donkey. Don't forget that Isaac is a type of Christ. Don't forget that it was a donkey that carried Isaac in Genesis 22. Don't forget it was a donkey that carried Isaac to the same mountain to be slain. A donkey, when it's time, says, go and bring a donkey. The real Isaac is here. Let's ride into Jerusalem. And he goes in. Isaac is put on wood. He carries the wood that was going to kill him. Father, this is the wood. This is the fire. Where is the sacrifice? Isaac carried the wood to the mountain that he was going to die on. Jesus carried the wood all the way to the same mountain on which he was going to die. On. When God accepted the sacrifice, took the ram, the scripture says in Genesis 22, Abraham came down and went to Beersheba. Nothing is mentioned of Isaac. But he came down, which he did because he lived after he resurrected. Figuratively, according to Hebrews 11. But at the point of Genesis 22's narration, you don't see a mention of Isaac coming down from the mountain. 
So figuratively, he was accepted as a sacrifice. Genesis 22. Let's start from, let's start from verse 2. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. Jesus comes out, look up, Jesus comes out of the Jordan, being baptized by John. The heavens open, a voice speaks and says, this is my beloved son. Take your son, your only begotten son that you love, not Ishmael. Ishmael was not the son of promise. It wasn't the son through whom the promise will come. Take Isaac, your beloved son. Go and kill him. Jesus came to be killed and God introduces him as my beloved son. A type of Isaac. Isaac, a type of Christ. Follow carefully. Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him. Isaac, his son, he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place where God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The land and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and did what? And laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father! And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, My, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. The whole thing goes on and blah, blah, blah. And read verse 19. Are you there? Abraham returned to his young men. And they rose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. It doesn't say an Abraham and Isaac return. It's not a mistake. The sacrifice was made. It was Isaac figuratively, but you don't see where it says an Abraham and Isaac return. Otherwise, the typology would not have been complete. And it goes on and on and on. I can spend all night showing you types and shadows. There's, who was the sacrifice in Genesis 22? Isaac. Who was the priest in Genesis 22? Abraham. The two men accompanied the sacrifice. Jesus died in the company of two men. The types and shadows go on and on and on. So when you read the redemption story, please take away some this school. I beg you. Take away some this school. Take away nativity. Three wise men. Unlearn all you have learned. You didn't learn well. <laughs> you didn't learn well. You didn't learn well. Three wise men. We three kings of Orient are. Kai. <laughs> Devil is wicked. Devil is very wicked. And let me bust your nativity bubble a little bit more. And then the, 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 you, see, you now see Jesus in the manger. Then the three wise men now come to the manger. They're presenting. He was not in the manger. The Bible says that when they came to the house where Jesus was. By the time they got there, he was at least two years old. That was how long it took for them to travel from the east to where he was. They said he was born because scripture says, and when they got to the house where the toddler Jesus was. Come on, read it. Not the infant. Come on, read it. You can see them bending at the manger with, with hay, hay and grass around. And then they are seeing one cute baby Jesus in the manger. 
And they said, take small gold. Take small. No, he was not a baby. Otherwise, why would Herod be looking for Jesus and said, kill every baby two years and under? If he had just been born, why kill from two years down? In Leviticus 1, Leviticus 1, I called it earlier, they bring the sacrifice to be inspected, right? And the sacrifice was accepted or declined. If it was accepted and it was offered for your sin, your sins were forgiven. Hello? Hello? Yes? So all them religious people that want to force works on us like the Judaizers in Galatians. Are you ready for this? The sacrifice was inspected. The sacrifice was examined. And if the sacrifice was accepted, your sins were forgiven. Look at me, everybody. The person who brought the sacrifice was never inspected. The person who brought the goat, sir, who brought the lamb to be sacrificed for his sin, was never interviewed. It didn't matter what you did. What mattered was the sacrifice. Why did you bring the goat? Did you kill somebody yesterday? What? Did you forget to pray? Nobody who brought a sacrifice was interviewed, inspected, or examined. What they inspected, what they examined, was the sacrifice. It was never about the performance, good or bad, of the sacrificer. It was about the integrity of the sacrifice. Next week, we'll begin to look into Christ being fulfilling the law. You understand where Mosaic law, Mosaic law had how it plays out in Christ. Because when Jesus says, I did not, do not think, and this is where religious people quote it out of context. Do not think I came to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. They interpret it to mean as though Christ, after what Christ did, the law is still in effect. Yeah. That's what it means. Jesus was saying, I didn't come to set the law aside. But that everything it took for the Lord to fulfill, to the jot and the tittle, I am going to fulfill it. That was the announcement. So when he says that the law is forever, it doesn't mean we are practicing the law forever. I'm not going to go, I don't have time to go into it. That's not what it means. Will you just come and tell you that he made this ordinance an everlasting ordinance? What did God mean when he said this is everlasting? It means that you should keep doing it. Yes, you should keep doing it. How long? Forever. How? In Christ. Because he fulfilled the law once and for all. So that one sacrifice Christ fulfilled keeps the law perpetually fulfilled. Forever. So is the law still there? Yes. Does it apply to me? No. Why? Because Christ fulfilled it forever. So from now till eternity, eons to come, every time the law comes in view, I fulfilled it. Yes. Offer a sacrifice forever, I fulfilled it forever. A requirement is required of me forever, it's fulfilled forever. I stand before God perpetually justified in his sight, having perpetually fulfilled the law in Christ. Because Christ is our high priest, how? Forever after the order of Melchizedek. Please take scripture carefully. It doesn't just say Christ is our high priest. It says Christ is our high priest forever. So every Old Testament ordinance that had the forever on it was fulfilled forever in Christ. Every Old Testament promise, every Old Testament promise, every Old Testament promise, Every Old Testament promise, every Old Testament promise that had good in it for you has been fulfilled for you in Christ. 
So when we quote any Old Testament promise for our good, we are just reminding ourselves of what now is in Christ. You cannot look at any Old Testament promise divorced from the finished work of Christ. So, so if he says, I will eat, you, I will bless your food and your water if you obey me. One of the scariest scriptures, Deuteronomy 28. So I cannot be cursed for what Christ was cursed. As a flitting sparrow, as a bird, so a curse without curse cannot alight. And as long as there's Christ, there's no cause for a curse. And therefore, conversely, everything that could be mine for benefit on account of obeying God, Christ came, fully obeyed and satisfied, satisfied God and says, here, take the benefits. They are yours. So every Old Testament promise by right now is mine. It is no longer future tense. So you see that Christ fulfilled everything God said in the Old Testament. So he stands and at the entrance of the door of the tabernacle, they examine what? The sacrifice. They didn't interrogate the victim. They didn't interrogate the offender. No judge, no jury. No, at no time, no time was the person at fault because if you are bringing a goat for your sin, you had sinned. We will close soon. Follow me now. A sinless person could not be bringing a sin offering. Now, don't forget the person himself inspected the sacrifice. So, the only thing the person had to do was to believe that the sacrifice was worthy. <laughs> In order to bring it to the door of the tabernacle. That I've looked at this thing for four days. This, this goat, this goat looks like it can take the fall for my sins. Now, this goat, of all the goats around, because then they were pastoral, all they had around them was animals. It was either land or animals, nothing else. So I looked at all the goats, I went to the market, or I checked in my backyard, and I inspected all the goats, and I looked at this one and I realized that with the kind of sin I've sinned, this goat looks like it can take my sin. So I take the goat to the door of the tabernacle. I, I, I picked this goat for four days. I've inspected it every day for four days, and I believe that this goat can take the place of my sin. And, and, the, and the, the priest of our confession comes and he looks at the goat, not you. He sees that you believe. And, and, and he accepts it as you have believed. And as it's accepted and offered up, your sins are forgiven. Doesn't matter what sin. That's the gospel. Christ comes. And they're inspecting Christ for four days. Same four-day period. Same 10th of Nisan to 14th of Nisan. The four days leading up. What they call stations of the cross. The four days leading up to the Passover. They're inspecting him. They're asking him, are you the king of the Jews? You healed this person on the Sabbath. You didn't break the law. You didn't... You didn't do this. You're committing too many signs. And we, are, we, we want to have a nation where somebody has to die in our place. Because we cannot die for our sins. So. John 11. So we're looking for somebody to die for us. <laughs> because once the person dies, in space, in, instead of all of us, we are good to go. They inspect Jesus. And they say, yes, Jesus will die for us. And he gets to God. No, no, it's not me. The sacrifice is perfect. And I've inspected it. I believe it's worthy. It's, it's Christ. 
he was slain from the foundation of the earth. He was born of a woman. As a man, he lived sinless. As a high priest, he changed the order. As a sacrifice, he was innocent and blameless. The sacrifice is perfect. And so my faith for the forgiveness of sins is not hinged on my guilt or my contrition or my repentance. It's hinged on the integrity of the sacrifice. That is the gospel. Foolishness to them that are perishing. But to us, two things. The power of God and the wisdom of God. Listen, take yourself out of the equation. You were not all that in the plan. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. It was the perfect nature of the sacrifice. So when John screamed, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins, that's what Caiaphas unwittingly, not knowing, was confirming when he said, This one is fit enough. This one is fit enough. He can die for us. Because if he dies for us, he will save our nation, and not just that nation, every other nation. In your seed shall all the nations. Have you seen the connection? In your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So Caiaphas is saying, because somehow they delayed it until the year that Caiaphas was elected to be high priest. I showed you Matthew 27, where they, she said, but he's innocent. His blood, they say, yes, his blood should be on us and all our children. And we have preached it for evil, but no. They are prophesying. They thought they were taking the guilt. They didn't realize that, no, what, the, the, the contrary was the case. They were handing over the guilt to the sacrifice. They thought they were taking his guilt. Kill him. Let the blood be on our head. On our head. No, but it wasn't that. It was he is taking our guilt. Let his blood be on us and us. And I stand here and I declare that his blood is upon me and my children. It was, they thought it was the guilt they were, they were taking. No, Pilate, don't worry. We will take the blood. Put the blood on me, put the blood on me, put the blood, put the blood on me, put the blood on me, put the blood on me, put the blood on my children. And they thought they were taking guilt. They didn't realize they were imparting guilt. Because they had themselves inspected the lamb and found him. But don't forget that there was a trial, sir. People came and gave false testimony. Remember? People came and testified. And after considering all the testimony, there was still not enough to find him guilty. So they were inspecting him still. This one came and testified. The blind man came and spoke his own. The guy who was healed came and spoke his own. The parents of the blind man came and spoke his own. And they, were, they kept inspecting. But he's blameless. Four days. And on the 14th of Nisan, the day of the Passover, same thing as it was 12. Same thing in Leviticus. The same night, somebody finally came. And he said, people are still inspecting my name is Judas Iscariot. I'm a priest. My, Judas means Judah. Judas, Judas is praise in Greek. It's a Greek rendition of the word Judah. It's from the Judean region. Zerioth, Iscariot, Zerioth, man of Zerioth, which is a, a, a city in Judea. The Levites, the priests, dwelt in Judea because they had, they had to have proximity to the temple in Jerusalem. So he, and he was the only one who was of the Galilean. So he comes, he's of a tribe of priests, and he comes, and he had sold him for 30 pieces of silver. And he comes, and he's like, people are still trying to find out whether he's innocent or not. No, I sold him. I, I, I checked him out, me too. And as a priest, I can tell you, he's good to go. He's good to go. And they took him on the strength of that. They killed the sacrifice. It didn't matter me. That's what Jesus could tell them. They knew not what they did. Forgive them. They knew not what they did. And right there you see Joseph. I need to close as a type of Christ. You meant it for evil. Same thing. 
same thing. You see Joseph as a type of Christ. They set him up. They thought they were messing him up. They thought they had killed him in their greed, in their anger, in their envy. But all they did was send a deliverer ahead of them. David prophesies that he says, and he sent a deliverer ahead of them, even Joseph. So what these brothers of Joseph did, sir, was to set up Joseph to deliver them. So before you call Joseph's brothers evil, they were prophets. They were prophets. Before you call them evil, they were prophets. They, they, they didn't realize, but they needed to send the Messiah ahead. And this Messiah had to be able to take what was supposed to come upon them. So they checked Joseph out. Blameless. Yeah, let's sell him. The price of a slave. Standard price of a slave in Jewish culture. Sell him. Sell him. Sell him, sell him ahead. He has... We need deliverance. We need... We, we, we send him. Let him go. Let him go. So they, he had to be perfect. Joseph never fought them. Joseph never attacked them. He, he didn't do anything to them. He was blameless. They sent him out. Sent him out. And, and this is after having kept him in Sheol. In the pit. And, and they come and stand before him. And they're like, yeah, we, didn't, we didn't realize what we were doing. <laughs> he looks at them and he laughs. He's like, I know. But <laughs> I knew what you were doing. I was sent ahead to preserve you. So the death that should have come upon Joseph's family came upon Joseph figuratively in the pit. He came out from there. He went to the depths of hell. He went to prison. He was there. In prison, he won. The prison doors, grave, death. Where's that thing? Grave, where's that victory? Prison could not hold him. He was brought out of, of prison. He, he, he came out and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 I'm, so, I'm, so I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, okay, so now I have paid the price for my whole family. Death cannot kill them. Hunger cannot kill them. Sin cannot kill them. Famine cannot kill them. Pharaoh's like, yes, of course, you have paid the price. You have saved all of Israel. Bring your whole family into glory. For it was freezing for him in bringing many sons to glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect. So bring, bring, bring his family into glory. Bring his family into glory. Bring them. Bring them. All 70 of them. They have earned a place of sustenance. They have earned a place of favor. They have earned a place of plenty. Goshen was more fertile than Egypt. And Jesus shows up and he redeems his own. It's a type of Christ. Did you say Joseph asked them, but come on, Reuben. Come on, Simeon. Why did you even do what you did? What kind of evil possessed you? First of all, you even need deliverance because you had marine spirits. <laughs> you had a spirit of death, murder inside of you. I'm trying to close. Bear with me. I'm really trying to close. You have a, you have a spirit that's possessed. What would you even do? What wrong did I do to you? To what did I do to deserve this? Joseph never questioned his brother's motive for their actions. So he told them, no, I prepared a place for you. The sacrifice you sent has done all the speaking. That's why I've always told in this house, yours, money can never be a seed to speak for you. Money is too small. Money is too small. It's an insult to the cross to ask for a seed to be sown with money. And if we're going to stay broke as ministers, let us stay broke. Let God be true and let every man be alive. Keep your money. You'll see what God will do. Keep your money. You see what God will raise people to sponsor the gospel, whether you like it or not. He will raise whether the people are believers or not. God will raise this gospel. You will see it with your eyes in this city. Thousands will gather and sit down to be instructed of this gospel in this city. In this city. This is the gospel. Why did you do what you did? Why did you do what you did? No, the sacrifice was accepted. It was perfect. And once he was accepted, he said, that's the last time. It's finished. Complete. Nothing left to be added. Nothing missing. Perfect. And all you need to do is to judge the sacrifice worthy. Believe. That's what he was born to do. This 
is the gospel. <laughs> this is the gospel. And we can go on and on and on and on and on. This was the grand plan. Forget what I told you. Stop demonizing Eve. That tree was a setup. Yeah. Demonizing Eve. All of that was to lead to the, to the day when there will be an acceptable sacrifice that will not need the intervention or justification of the man. It will all be hinged on the integrity of the sacrifice. And as long as he is perfect, I am justified. That's an ending with that statement. As long as he is perfect, I am justified. What did I do? It doesn't matter. As long as he, the lamb, is perfect, I am justified. And his perfection, because we are not of incorruptible seed, he cannot be corrupted. So his perfection is eternal. And therefore, my justification is eternal. So when I said, checkmate, Satan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Checkmate, move here. Checkmate, move there. Checkmate, move here. Checkmate. Your loss is total. Game over. There's no way you want to play it. Nothing you want to use. No way you want to, not, nothing, nothing. Nothing you want, to, you want to deploy. Your loss is total. When he broke me free, he didn't give you the key. So please leave here knowing who you are and the premium that was paid to secure you. And that premium is ever speaking. As long as he's perfect, I'm justified. Let me give him praise one more time. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.